Today is August 7th, 2020, and this is Sam Walking in the World, Episode 5. My dog already chewed up her pig ear, so I'm not sure how uh, flexible she's going to be with me, but we'll find out. Um, before I get to what I wanted to talk about today, I want to I want to tell you a quick story. Something happened. Actually, it happened this morning. It gave me the idea. Um, I go up to get the dog in the morning, uh, about five o'clock usually, and um, my wife kind of feels me jostling in the bed to grab the dog, <clears throat> and um, and she kind of half wakes up and sometimes tells me something about the day or maybe she had a dream or something but my wife has this tendency and and I think I caused it during my unhappiness I think I I think I caused her to develop this tendency where I I was I, I think when I was unhappy I was kind of unapproachable I don't think I was mean, mean but I was pretty unapproachable and uh, when she wants to tell me something, sometimes she she has to kind of nibble around the edges before she gets to the thing that she wants to tell me. Like she has to tell me what she was thinking that led her to the thing that she's going to tell me. <clears throat> so like she doesn't have the right to just tell me the thing. And I, I have a feeling I might have made her feel that way. But um, I'm happy now. And I don't I, I feel like I don't mind when she just has something to tell me. She can just tell me. Um, but this morning she was nibbling around the edges and, um, I, I always, um, I always want her to get right to the point now. And so, so I'll just say, what, what is it that you're saying? Um, but she started out by saying, uh, that she was planning on taking our, her, her son, our stepson, um, to the outlet malls because college is coming up again and, um, and there's, he, he needs to get some shoes, and he needs to get some sneakers, and he has a gift certificate uh, for Burlington Coat Factory or some such thing. And and uh, she's going to be leaving at around 11. And and finally, I was like, what what is it that you want to tell me? She's like, oh, I was thinking of getting you some golf shirts. <clears throat> I was like, oh. She's like, since you're going back to school, and in my school that I'm at, we are going back to school. Um and she said, since you've been losing so much weight, I thought maybe I could get you a shirt that's more your size now. And um, and it's true. Most of the clothes that I have are baggy from during my, you know, one of my, again, no fat shaming, but during my fat period. And um, and I, in my mind, I guess I'm kind of not all the way down to where I want to get. I'm not even sure where I want to get down to, but I just I just feel like my body will go to where it's supposed to be. Um, so she said, I know, you know, you don't want to buy smaller clothes and because I've given her that sense. And, and this is kind of why this is what my thinking was. I'm wondering why I'm telling you this whole story. It's kind of analogous to something else. And that is this, um, as I'm, I'm going to put my teacher hat on now. So, uh, get ready. Those of you who, who want to picture it, it's one of those giant oversized foam cowboy hats. So here it is. I'm putting it on. And when my wife was telling me this, I thought to myself, you know, it's like 
when you spend three weeks teaching kids how to reduce fractions, for example, you got to teach them, you know, all the uh, all the multiples and and the, the process and the steps for doing it. How to know, you know, when it's reduced, and it, it it's not an easy process. Um, and and then say after three weeks of really, really work, them working very, very, very hard and struggling through the adversity, and they they start out with grades in the 40s on your quizzes, and then they get 50s and 60s and 70s, and then finally they when they finally get to like regular 95s on the tests, you switch to something else. All of a sudden, now we're going to do scientific notation. And and I, I always it always drove me nuts. Even when I was a student, I'd be like, I, I worked really hard to get good at this thing that you told me it was important to be able to do. And now that I can do it, I don't even get to be an expert at it for a while. Like, let me feel like I was I was the dumb person the whole time I didn't know it. And then all of a sudden, now I know it and I'm proficient and I got to move on to something else that makes me feel dumb. Like, I want to be the reducing fractions guru of the world at least for a couple of weeks and then we can start doing something else. I don't know, but I don't know if it's curriculum and the kid teachers have to feel like they have to rush or what, but I know that as a learner, if you spend that much time trying to learn something and then you don't get to do it. I mean, the word, it's like they tell you how important it is that you're going to be able to do it because one of the things kids always say is, when am I ever going to use this? When am I ever going to need this? And so you say, no, it's, it's, you will, it's very important. And then they, they invest and they commit themselves to it and they spend all the time and then they get to do it. And you say, and then, then they say, can't we just keep doing this for a little bit longer? And the teacher's like, no, you're never going to use that. Or some such thing. Uh, so what does that got to do with being fat? I said to my wife, I was like, I finally got to the point where I'm getting 90s at this fitness thing. And all of a sudden, you want me to feel like my clothes are tight on me again. Like, you know, my baggy clothes are kind of like getting my 95s on the, on the fraction reducing quizzes. I, I want to I wanna be, I want to feel good about being smaller than my clothes for a little while before I go put on pants that are, that when I lean over, I can feel my belly right against the belt again. And uh, she's like, well, we have to move on at some point. And I guess that's true. It's like, you know, you can't just forever. And uh, <laughs> and I thought, well, you'll know when, it, when, when the time is for us to move on because I'll have crumpled up my paper and thrown it to the front of the class because what we're doing is so easy. And she laughed. I think uh, I got my point across. As did she. So, okay, now, moving on. What I wanted to talk about today was, um, I guess for lack of a better lack of a better way to explain it, I want to say preservation versus use. So what do I mean by that? Well, I was raised in a way that um, I don't mean to keep blaming my parents. I'm not really blaming them. I'm trying to explain where I think the roots of my um, kind of habits came from. I was raised in a way where we tended to try to preserve things. I already told you about, like, you know, wearing shoes in the house and, it, and 
it's, it's, it's best to just never wear shoes in the house. That way the floor never gets muddy and snowy and you don't really have to worry about um, cleaning it or anything like that because um, it never got dirty to begin with. You preserve the cleanliness of the floor. Well, that also seems like uh, something that I ended up adopting when it comes to the general use of things. Um, and so preservation versus use, uh, that's something that I'm going to talk about after this quick message. Welcome back to Sam Walking in the World, Episode 5. That message was brought to you by a goat. No, I was talking about preservation versus use. Um, and I was saying how I grew up in an in a environment where we, we preserve things. Like, um, I mean, I don't know if we actually had plastic on our couch, but I, I, I want to say that we did. And, and it was out of this effort to preserve things. And I, I definitely fully adopted it in my own life. And um, that was definitely something that was making me unhappy. And I think I know why I did it. Um, so I'll explain, I guess. I kind of wanted things to last forever. Like one of the reasons I never had a really nice sports car was because I live in a in a winter climate where it's just all salt and, and dirt and, and and snow and eventually the the body of the sports car would rust out. And what's the point of a, a nice sports car without a, a nice body? And um, I just couldn't imagine myself driving one that had rust all over it. What was the point of even then getting a sports car? I suppose I could store it in the winter, but winters are so long compared to the the nice season that I wouldn't really get much use out of it anyway. I would just be worried about it all the time. As nuts as that sounds, that's why I've never bought a sports car. And it's true for other things too. Like, like uh, I would buy. I, I I was a hockey player, and I, there's something that I think is just a graphically beautiful about hockey jerseys. I don't know if it's the patches or the color schemes or what, but anyway, or it just reminds me that I'm a hockey player or I was a hockey player. And um, I would buy these. They, they were expensive. Like I used to like the Quebec Nordiques. They're not a team anymore. I think they became the Colorado Avalanche. They, well, they have cool jerseys too. But uh, I, I bought this great jersey, and immediately when I got home with it, I put it, I hung it up. And like I didn't even just hang it up so that it would be able to be displayed and the beauty of it could be appreciated like a piece of art or something like that. Because at the time, I didn't really have a lot of people that were coming to my house anyway, so nobody would really see it except me, which is still okay, I guess. Except I wouldn't hang it up on the wall. I would hang it in the closet. <laughs> like I was... And I would look at it after I, I hung it on the thing and I, on the hanger, and I would say, "All right, there's no way that's going to get worn out." But I, what I was really saying is, there's no way that thing is going to get worn. And I guess it comes down to, like, what's the point of purchasing something just to save it? 
Like, what's the point of purchasing something if you're just going to save it? Why, why not just not purchase it? Or purchase it and then extract value out of it. In other words, use it. Uh, I just, I was cursed with this affliction. And I, I think I saw my father working so hard to, you know, not, not accrue wealth, but to accrue a standard of living that was comfortable for us. And he did. My dad did an unbelievable job. And maybe it was partly also my mother's father, my grandpa, who was a child of the Depression. And uh, he was always, always telling you to maintain things, you know, keep them up, keep them up. You don't want to have to replace them. He would always say, turn your accessories off when you get done. When you turn your car off, turn your accessories off. Otherwise, your battery has to use them. You, you have to use your battery when you turn your car back on, if you got the radio on or the heater on. So turn your accessories off so you don't wear out your battery. And, uh, and he was right. I, to this day, I still do those things. But I watched my father through the years, and it was very rare, very rarely that I, I mean, he was a fun guy, but it was very rarely that I saw him just truly have fun, like the fruits of his labor. And, um, and I, I, I don't know why I got it in my head, but one of the, one of the games I always play when I, when I played when I was a little kid was shoots and ladders. I don't know if you ever played that game. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty boring, actually. <laughs> but it is a good metaphor. And I kept thinking to myself about my dad. Like, what's the point of climbing up all the ladders if you're not going to go down any of the chutes? Would you just buy extra, extra game boards and put them on top of the other one so you could just keep on climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing? And so it's definitely something I have to practice. I have to, I have to make a point now and then of going down a chute. Um, and it reminds me, it reminds me of why I climbed the ladder in the first place. So, um, that I guess is kind of what I was driving at. Um, and I, I, and when I said, I think I understand why I think it's this, I wanted everything to last forever <clears throat> because I wanted to last forever. Like, I didn't have to admit the, the finiteness or finity. I'm not sure which word is, but I'll look it up. Um, I, I was scared of the, of the limited nature of my life, like my mortality. And I, I wanted to last forever. And if, if things wore out, it, it kind of had a way, maybe subconsciously, of reminding me that I was going to wear out. And I just didn't want to accept that reality. This also made me very unhappy. I, I struggled for a long time with what was the purpose of living temporarily. It's very akin to having temporarily. I think all of us, I honestly believe all of us are born with this affliction of, of how do I wrestle with the idea that I'm going to live and then I'm going to die. And it, it, it's strange as it seems to connect that to something as simple as, as a hockey jersey or a sports car. Um, 
uh, but I think it's for me, I think it's related. And the more, um, the more meaningfully I thought and struggled with my own existence in terms of its finiteness, um, the, the, the easier it became for me to enjoy things that come and go. Enjoy them while they're here. Uh, just as I, I've try, I've come in my happier days now, I've come to try and enjoy my life while it's here. Because it is pretty short. I mean, in the, uh, in the eons of existence, it's pretty short. And that, I think, is a very difficult thing for people to come to terms with. I'll talk more about that later. Uh, I, I kind of came to a conclusion that somebody else helped me come to, and it's really helped me deal with that concept. Um, and it kind of has to do with the purpose of my existence, or the purpose of one's existence. Uh, but that's for another day. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I kind of explained uh that but and one more thing one thing that kind of goes along with that is that i uh because it, 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 it kind of it, it kind of walks us up to the door of of the idea of of god really and and uh i struggled for for years with that that was definitely one of the things that made me unhappy. It goes hand in hand with, with the fact that you're going to live and then you're going to die. But one thing that always fascinated me was, I, while I didn't necessarily have faith in a God of any kind at the time, I looked at other people who I believed did. I mean, they said they did. They went to church. They, they you know seemed to have a conviction that there was a God and there was a heaven and, and that was how they were assuaged they, they assuaged their fears of, of the finiteness of their life and what always got me was I, I, I never understood why people who believed in heaven cried at funerals why do people who believe in an afterlife cry desperately at funerals and i thought it could only be two things because i heard this explanation well they're not crying for the person who passed away they're crying for themselves because they're going to miss the person and that and then that person's never going to be around again i guess sensibly until they see them in heaven if that goes along with the, you know unless they're like a murderer and they plan on going to help himself but would think that they would think eventually they would see the person in heaven. But even for the time being, they, they're going to miss him while they continue the rest of their finite life. That person won't be around and that makes them sad and so they cry. That's kind of selfish. I mean, that's kind of selfish. That's like, uh, that's like walking up to the entrance of, a, of an amusement park and then telling your child that you'd rather have him stay with you on the outside of the park because you don't want to miss him while he's inside the park. The kid, if you believe the park is actually sitting in front of you, the kid will be having the time of his life. 
So it's either a selfishness that you don't want to miss the person, or maybe you don't believe in heaven. Maybe that's something you tell yourself, but you've not completely convinced yourself because if you had if you were truly convinced you would be celebrating that person moving on to that incredible place um so unless there's something about it that i haven't considered it seems to me like it it kind of has to be one of those two things either you're you're lamenting your own loss or you're crying because you just think that person's life is over. Their existence is over and done. Which begs the question, what's the point of anything? Part of what led me to my happiness from my unhappiness was that I started thinking for real about what is the point of anything. I mean, not to get too far out there, but sometimes... During my transition from unhappy to happy, uh, I would be talking to somebody, you know, usually my wife, and and I would just realize at certain moments, um, what's so crazy about reality is that like we're all we're, we all are are into our own mundane, not mundane, I don't mean that, our own say individual worldly, that's a better word, our worldly tasks, doing our job, driving our car going to dinner um, and we forget when we get in the middle of it that there we are all creatures on this giant ball spinning in this vast openness of infinite space like just stop for a second click back zoom as far as you can in your mind and imagine that Space goes on in every direction, and we have no idea how far. We don't have any idea how long this has been happening. For all we know, it's been happening for the, forever into the past and will happen forever into the future. And here I am sitting at this little desk talking. But I think it's important because... I, I, I have a feeling I'm at least in the ballpark because I am reminding myself of that fact of reality. And it does, for me, it has helped me put things into perspective um, in a way that has, has helped pull me out of my unhappiness. And it, it allows me to wear my hockey jerseys. And if I came along a sports car that I thought was a, a nice sports car for me, I would probably buy it. And I don't make people take shoes off in my house, even in the winter. And with that, I I believe I've finished what I have to say today. Someone will probably come to me right after I click stop recording, but I have to do it at some point anyway, right? Even the show is finite. So thank you for listening to Episode 5 of Sam Walking in the World. I will see you next time, hopefully tomorrow.